The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. And sponsored by March Communications, connecting innovation and people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. This is Arun Sudharman from The Homes Report. We're recording this show from sunny Singapore, um, although we're in a, a windowless uh, recording studio, um, as you might imagine. And we're very lucky to be joined today by someone I've known for a really long time. He's been quite a bad influence, I feel, <laughs> uh, on my career. Um, what Currently, YNR CEO, Matt Godfrey. Matt, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be with you. Um, I say current because you are actually leaving YNR tomorrow. Yep, last day tomorrow. Day. And tell us where you're going because it's not the uh, the traditional route for a a veteran, if you don't mind me calling you a veteran ad man. No, not at all. I, I've uh, as from tomorrow, I've done ten thousand two hundred and eighty days in advertising. Goodness so me. I wow. I think that that quotes as or calculates as a veteran. So I'm okay with that. But on Monday, I, I start as the uh, CEO of a of a startup called Nutrition Innovation Group. Okay, so quite a different move um, most people I guess in your position and you're still a pretty young man I think despite uh, those in my prime <laughs> despite despite the 10,000 days uh, but but people you've run um, three networks three now networks, yep. so YNR you've been out since 2010 2010 as Asia Pacific CEO yep. before that you were Asia Pacific CEO at Publicis yep. Asia, and before that you were COO yep. of Bates. Yep. Um, so you've done your time. I have, yeah. Uh, and most people in your position, um, when they run out of ad agencies to work for, <laughs> <laughs> are you suggesting I've run out of ad agencies to work for? <laughs> I would, I would never suggest such a thing. I can think of several other agencies um, that you you could still work for. Not that you'd need to, yeah. obviously, because you've got a great new gig. Um, most people, I think, you know, kind of go off, they launch their own consulting gig or they go back home and they're, they, you know, they kind of do the non-exec thing for a while. Um, but you're doing something really different, out of your comfort zone, probably mm. a little bit frightening to, yeah. to go and, and run a, a startup business that's, yep. that's not proven yet. Yep, absolutely. So, so um, you know, it, it is completely out of my comfort zone, so... Uh, it's not a space that I've been been working in, and I think that's the that's the exciting bit. Um, and I think when you've been in either a role or a position for a certain period of time, you've got to start saying, well, you know, what else will challenge me? What else will be interesting? What will I be good at? And if you don't get outside your comfort zone, you tend to keep repeating the same things you're doing all the time. And I, I, I think you become less affected for those things. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really wanted to find something which which I thought for the next 10, 15 years would really actually improve me, um, maybe maybe teach me new skills, um, make me work in an environment where you meet different people mm-hmm. um, and and see if I can and take any skills that I have and apply them to into into new spaces and see if that works. Mm-hmm. So it was it was pretty much the 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 challenge of doing something new, which was which was the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And and if it wasn't that, I don't I don't think I'd be be so interested. Yeah, sure. So tell us a little bit about Nutrition Innovation Group. I mean, I'm aware that they are, they're focused on solving sugar, I think. 
Yeah. So, so which is which is you know a, a great thing about this 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 company. The um, if you look at some of the the, the challenges in the world today, um, you know the cost of of both war and tobacco is about two trillion dollars. Mm. Um, and areas of health and, and diabetes and obesity, um, it's costing the world economy also about $2 trillion a, a year. Wow. And there's about 1.9 billion people now who are classed as overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And there's 500 million people um, living with diabetes as well. So it's a, it's a global epidemic. And, and there's you know, many, many causes for that. But one of the links is processed food. Mm. And and the more processed food people eat, the the higher the incidence of both obesity and, and diabetes, and and so we've been looking for. Been, well, I've collaborated now with with people who've been looking for a solution for that, mm-hmm. um, and and if we can find a way to make sugar, or we found a way to make sugar more natural, less processed, less refined, um, and actually healthier, um, but at the same time is is able to be swapped in most recipes. Um, that seems like a solution which can be really, really good for the planet, mm. uh, and and I think that's really exciting. A company with with purpose and can make a difference to not just people living today, but if you think about um, as places like India and Africa and China start uh, uh, consuming more processed foods over the next ten years, we we can perhaps help stop uh, this epidemic spreading further. Okay, well that sounds both worthy and fascinating. <laughs> I think. Um, so they're a Singapore-based startup. Yep, it's global headquarters in Singapore. And how did you come to know them? Did, were they a client? Yes, 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 and no. Um, uh, one thing we've been doing for 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 the last four or five years is is collaborating with startups. I think Wynars had a had a program called Spark Plug mm-hmm. for 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 many years, and in that process, um, I think Wynar and, and certainly in Singapore has had. At least ten or fifteen startups come through, and we've helped in in various different forms. So, some been in social media, some been in technology, all sorts of things. And so I've really enjoyed that process of of working with innovators and startup. Um, it's helped teach me a lot about about how do you um, you know just sort of bring new ideas to market. Mm-hmm. So in that process, um, you know, we got contacted a, a a while ago about about this company who who they had ideas, mm-hmm. um, they had research. They had um, the knowledge to put the product together, but they didn't know any brands. They didn't know any people who could use the product, and so they they approached uh, me and said, "Look, could I help them introduce to, to to food companies and beverage companies?" And I said, "Absolutely, that sounds like a, a, a fun thing to do." So I just started helping them in the in the in the in the process of introducing them, and uh, and one thing led to another. And they, when they finished their capital raise, they said, "Well, look, we, we, we're now ready to launch. Uh, we've got customers, we've got brands, but we, we don't have leadership. So, mm. how would you feel about joining us full time?" And so that was the the switchover point. Mm. So, as you mentioned, you've you've spent more than ten thousand days in yeah. advertising. Yeah, I'm amazed you added it all up. But, um, <laughs> what do you think you've learned along that journey that um, you you can apply? Mm to this role, both in terms of being a CEO and in terms of running a startup? Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think what um, has always served me well is, is, is lateral thinking and problem solving. And, and, and uh, uh, whether it's a large organization or a small organization, I, I do think the, 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 the best people in our, our business are really good at problem solving. 
Mm. Um, and either from a client's business, when they come to you with an issue that you that we try to solve, and you need to be lateral in that process to, to, to try and get to a, the, the most effective solution for a client, or whether it's for the agency itself. How do you restructure? How do you move fast? How do you build on new services? So you've got to be be quick on your feet to, to be very lateral. And I found like just starting into the startup world, um, it's even more important mm-hmm. in that you have uh, less resources, you have uh, less people to call on. You've got to be slightly hungry in in how you approach things. And so this 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 approach of trying to be lateral and how you start things up, how you go about business, where you get resources from, I think will serve me well. And and already I can see that um, those skills are coming forward more than than sort of any leadership business skills because you're trying to um, put things together. Mm. And I always always said that there's two jobs in in advertising. There's management jobs and there's mm-hmm. construction jobs. Mm-hmm. And and I'm terrible at management jobs. So so a management job is this company is organized, it's well run, it's established, it's got policies, it's got procedures. Your job is to manage those. Mm-hmm. And that's a terrible job for me. Okay. I like construction jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, here is a set of tools that we have. Here here is a framework of thinking and a brand, but up to you. Mm-hmm. Go build it. Um, mm. And so that combination of construction or engineering um, uh, businesses or brands or careers, uh, I find really interesting. Mm. And, and that's sort of the, 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 the reason why I think I've been the last four years really intrigued by innovation and startup culture. Mm. Because it's just, well, that's, they seems like they're doing that every day. Um, and it's scary, mm-hmm. but, but it's still fun at the same time. And do you feel like that kind of attitude is maybe missing from the, the big publicly held agencies that you've been working at because sometimes they're viewed as these almost these like these big bureaucratic machines um rather than anything which has the agility and and, and nimbleness of a startup yeah i I think um it's not just big agencies i think Mm. it's just big companies Mm. and so so you know friends who have joined um you know, big tech companies have said that the truth on the inside is very different to the outside, and they've often lost that startup mentality. So, mm-hmm. so bigness means you have to have policy and procedures and rules. It's just just a, a fact of life. Um, however, um, my my experience in, in all of these big companies is if you follow all the rules, um, you will get nowhere. Mm. And you've really got to be be having a mindset of asking for forgiveness rather than permission on many things. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, uh, examples would be maybe maybe you believe investing in a certain area will, will be the right area, such as maybe maybe you're passionate about Adobe and think your agency needs that skills. One of you have to go off to to approval to get all the 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 resources needed for that. That could take a while. Mm. Two, you could lean in and say, "Look, I I I believe in my own instincts. I believe in the capability of our people. So let's push into that. Let's get ahead of it." Let's push into that as well. Mm-hmm. But you then have to be pretty sure that you're going to deliver. Mm-hmm. So if you invest the money, return is, is, is sometimes quarterly in our business, best yearly. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got to make sure that you, you can deliver upon your own, your own kind of ambitions. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem is, is, is people in a big company think um, uh, investment doesn't equal return. And that why can't you invest? It's like, well, um, you can. But like any company, we need a return. Mm. So I'm just more aware of of if I start to make bets on things, if I start to push into spaces, I I, I know I have to be accountable for the return. Mm. And that way, I, I think I get more freedom because people will say, "Well, look, okay, maybe maybe that was 
uh, a little off the reservation, but it's working and successful and, and it's returning to its value to the company and to, and to our clients. And so mm. that way you, you, you get the uh, forgiveness. Yeah. You, you've, you're not just experienced in terms of management, though. You, you've learned a lot, obviously, about advertising, sure. marketing, branding. Yeah. Um, what are the lessons there that you think you'd apply to how you position yeah. a startup like um, Nutrition Innovation Group? Yeah. So I th- I think um uh with with all with all startups that we've been talking to mm-hmm. is is really cr- try and get to that the what is the big idea that you've got mm-hmm. um what what is the 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 principal benefit that you bring to either the the B two B customer you're talking to or the end customer and too many startups I find get caught up in their product or their technology or they get caught up in the process that they have. Or they're trying to tell their st- their story uh, to to venture capitalists, and and they they get hooked up on on the mm-hmm. revenue growth and the exponential revenue growth they're going to have, mm-hmm. and they they miss this this piece, which is you know, what's the big idea. Mm-hmm. And so so we've been trying to to you know really focus on that, and so we can tell the story about about look we're here to change the world, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, people go. Okay, that's interesting, mm. um, and people will lean in a little bit more, and and I think that's the the advice I'd give all startups, which is, yeah, you've you've got things to figure out, but but have you really articulated what your big idea is? Mm. Yeah, it's a really good point. There's there's often this perception as well that startups don't have the resources needed to market themselves well, whether yeah. that's advertising or PR or yeah. media spend. Do you think is that fair, or do, or do you feel that it doesn't really apply in this day and age? <laughs> no, it's 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 um it's totally fair, and and by resources, I think it's uh it's it's usually money. Mm. Um, yeah, and <laughs> and so. Um, uh, there's plenty of resources available. There's great consultants. There's great tools. There's mm-hmm. great partnerships you can have, but um, if you're if you're pre cash flow, mm. um, so maybe you post funding but pre cash flow, and you've still got to invest in lots of different things, you know how much can you really invest in in, in these areas mm-hmm. and before you get momentum? So so I think that's that's certainly a a a, um, a barrier, and then you you know you then have to sort of um, uh, act like um, uh, all of our all of our clients do. You start looking at the value that you're getting from a certain resource. You start looking for, uh, like in in the in the uh, startup economy, there's so many uh, freelancers who can help you with things. Mm. So we've already been looking, saying, well, I know I should use this great PR company mm. because actually they'll be fantastic. Mm. But if I engage with them. I, I know I'm going to get a get a get a get a bill. And I don't have the money yet, mm-hmm. so I'm going to use this level person because it'll get me to the next mm-hmm. next piece. Yeah. Knowing full well that as soon as I get to that sort of speed hump, I'm going to have to engage with a, a more global company and a more uh, company which has bigger reach, bigger resources. But by that time, you might have a little bit more cash flow, a little bit more momentum, and then you can actually afford to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Uh, it's um, you, often I know what I need, and so I go. If I could just do that, I'd be great. But but often you don't have it in the in the in the bank at the moment. Mm. So it's interesting because you have been part of this kind of industrial complex <laughs> that um, sorry, part, of the, part of the Borg. <laughs> don't 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 mean to make it sound so sinister. Yeah. Um, but you have been part of this machine and um, this industry that is built around the whole idea of brand equity, yep. right? Creating aspirational brands that you can position at a higher price point. Mm. 
and giving them uh, a premium yep. compared to other products and other companies. And yet when you look at startups, sometimes you don't of, often always see a, even a belief mm. in brand equity. Mm. So what's your view on it now? You're at a startup. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, first of all, I think, I think globally there's a crisis in brands anyway. There's a lot mm. of research um, uh, 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 around the place that's saying brands actually uh, are not... Um, uh, lasting as long as they used to, mm-hmm. and and I think you've probably done a lot of pieces on on that already. So I think overall, just in the industry, there's a there's a crisis of of branding, and part of that is driven by our need to to as an industry to to jump from innovation to innovation, from product to product to story to story, to to really just try continue to grab consumer attention. So I think I think overall there's a there's a crisis there. And I think over the next five, six, seven years, we'll really see the industry turn back towards a real stronger discussion about about branding. Because I think actually one of the things we've lost is is a real passion for that. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of where I think the last swings have been in the in the in the industry, uh, it, people have got swung off um, really talking about about branding. You know, because they've been dragged on. I know it's a, it's it's about e-commerce or it's about digital channel planning. No, it's about social PR. Mm. No, it's about EPR. And so the channel became more important than the content in the channel. Right. And if you look at some of the some of the fastest growing agencies for for a long time over the last few years, there have been single channel agencies. Or we're a social right. agency or we're an e-commerce agency. And where does the brand agency? fit in for a while they've been all well you, you're classic and old we don't need mm. you you don't get yeah we don't get the 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 future but now when i talk to these fast growing agencies you you, you suddenly realize they're not growing as fast as they used to anymore mm. and they're now turning to say well, we'll be missing a piece mm-hmm. we need to add people who really understand a, of the brand because we're not just building an e-commerce channel mm-hmm. or a social pr channel we're building a brand through that channel mm. and we don't have the people or the capabilities to actually talk to clients in that right ways so i think there's there's a swing back to that mm-hmm. as we become uh, a push towards perhaps less fragmented agency relationships and and more integrated relationships again as clients saying, look, I can't deal with seven agencies. I want one agency who can understand my brand through multiple multiple channels. So I think it's, it's going to come back again. Yeah. Um, for, for, for startups, um, uh, actually, the, the, it's, the, the, the first thing you worry about is, is you've got to go meet venture capitalists and fundraisers. So they want to know the people mm. and they want to know your story. Mm-hmm. And because you don't have a, a brand yet. So actually, the, the most important thing is is your personal brand. Yeah, so when you right. walk through the door as a startup and you've got nothing but PowerPoint to to sell, to share, mm-hmm. and maybe you've got a logo, that logo doesn't have trust in it. It doesn't have equity in it. It doesn't have a brand in it because you've just started. Mm-hmm. So your personal brand is, is more important. So I'd, I'd mm-hmm. advise startup people, yes, have you got your big story as well? But brand equity is something you're going to build over time as your business. Mm-hmm. But what's your personal brand? And have you told that well through the journey, particularly in the first 12 months? Okay. Yeah, it's a good point. I think your personal brand's in pretty good shape. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask. I think there's another thing in, in uh, somebody told me a long time ago in advertising, which was if uh, nobody hates you and nobody loves you, then nobody knows you. Yeah, so also it, true. It, yeah. It's uh, um, like any brand, you're probably not looking for 100% market share. No, so correct. so yeah. you 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 want to have some some edges to yourself so that people have an opinion yeah, and some room to grow. Yes, indeed. <laughs>
Um, so you talked about agency relationships. I'm fascinated to hear your views on this as someone who's kind of had a front row seat. Yep. Uh, you've gone from, um, I don't know, consolidation to to everything splitting apart, yep. uh, media, creative, and now everything apparently being bundled back together again. I, I, I think there'll be more of that. Mm. I think, and whether that's agency bundling or whether clients asking for, for models, which which um, bundle things together in team solutions, I think we'll see more of that over the next two, three years. Okay. Do you think that the advertising industry has lost its way? There, You know, you can't move for think pieces bemoaning <laughs> the state of advertising and, and comparing it to the glory years of when, uh, you know, you had big brand campaigns. When, when were those glory years? I don't know. It's, I assume those, it was before my time. Those historical times. Historical times. Look, you're absolutely right. There's there's a, a lot of it out there. Um, and and so, so so for me, I mean, I'm, I'm still... Um, always have been in love with advertising and still still am mm-hmm. uh, and and you know people who are down on 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 the advertising industry as a whole uh, you you point to well there's a couple of small companies seem to be doing quite well one's called Google and one's called Facebook and I think about 70 80 percent of their revenue actually comes from advertising right and they've been some of the most disruptive interesting companies mm-hmm. in the world in the last 10 years and actually their business model is based on what we do mm-hmm. so my sense is there's probably a lot of people who are very happy in advertising all over the world. And, of course, there's been people who haven't done so well through that disruption. And they're the vocal people. Mm. They're the ones who have gone, well, whatever happened to the old days? Well, well, those days aren't coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going back in times and technology. We're going to go further forward. So I'm not sure people should cling to those things. I think they should, should look at kind of where the excitement is and look at how much wealth, growth, and creativity is being created by companies such as Google and Facebook, Snapchat, and there's heaps more. And say, well, how can I be part of that? Mm. If I was part of that, um, either as a solution or a creative or um, some part of that ecosystem, the next 10 years is going to be more exciting than the last 10 years. Now, mm. I think part of part of why, uh, why there's um, such a bad problem is many agencies have taken completely bad advertising skills from traditional media and now just applying them to digital. Mm. And so this whole story about, you know, branding um, isn't yet coming through, I think, in some of these these better channels. Mm. But, again, if you add that understanding of how to build a brand and then you say, right, now I'm going to harness the power of social, I'm going to power the, uh, harness the power of e-commerce, then what is capable is, I think we're yet to see, there's going to be a thousand great stories of of agencies and brands who build amazing things over mm-hmm. the next few years. It's going to be very, very good. Big agencies, because they seem to face a unique challenge, right? They have these big legacy models yeah. built around this, uh, this, this way, this method, this process that is kind of dying out a little bit, yeah. as you've just outlined. Uh, and they have tons of officers and overhead, and it's hard for them to change. Yeah. Um, so how do they make that shift? Yeah, I, I think um, uh, on the outside they look big, mm. um, but on the inside then then they're, they're not so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so uh, you know, just in our own world, we we have agencies the size of fifty people, sixty people, seventy people, eighty people, um, all across Asia. So right. so you get a few places, I'm sure, in New York where there's agencies of a thousand people or, mm-hmm. or, or so, but but in most places, in, in particularly in the in the Asia Pacific region. 
the agencies aren't necessarily that 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 big. There's a few behemoths, but actually they're they're quite easy to 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 change. So if you're looking at 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 say uh, Asia, and you wanted to shift, you say, okay, we need we need to shift Shanghai, Thailand, Indonesia, Singapore, mm. those markets. Now, if right. you did those markets really really well, your agency reputation would be outstanding. Yeah, and you know you could get to to other markets eventually, but but when you break the problem down and say what would it take to shift those four agencies, mm. so I am seen to be doing more progressive solutions for my client, then uh, I think that problem isn't isn't insurmountable. Mm-hmm. If you then step back and go, well, you know, there's ten thousand people around the world. Mm-hmm. How do I all get them to turn left at once? That's a, that's a harder problem. Mm-hmm. But but I think you just got to break the problem down and, and, and attack the 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 strategy, mm. like any client would ask you to do. Mm. And I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's hard. And and actually, most most classic agencies I know, if we use that term, mm-hmm. and and most of them, more of their work is more progressive than the outside appears. So yeah. people have this brand perception of what they can do. Yeah. And then quite often we find this a lot when we show people our case studies, our credentials and our capabilities, they go, I didn't know you did that. Mm. So there, there is a lag effect between what the outside uh, market thinks you can do based on your brand reputation. And then there's the reality. Mm. And, and part of, I think, the struggle that agencies need to do is they need to catch up their, their brand reputation with the reality of what they're capable of. Mm. Um, and that's why they probably need really good PR themselves. Mm. Yes. And I'm not sure all agency groups really have a great PR strategy. No, I think that's that's a really fair observation. Um, it's often an afterthought, yes. I think. Yeah. And there's a few that do. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. you know to give compliments to Droga Five. I think they're really excellent at, at telling their story. They they have great yeah. stories to tell, but they tell them very well. Well, I think they are a PR agency, <laughs> really. I mean, Indeed. you look at the work they do as well. Mm-hmm. So you're a client now. Yeah, it's an exciting not, not, time. Not That's... a rich one though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah. Um, what do you want from your agencies? Um, so. You know, we're, we're a startup, so patience. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And so if we had all the answers, we wouldn't be coming to consultants and, and partners to help. So so almost a, a sign of under construction, bear with us, mm-hmm. um, is certainly there. Um, two, I think you've got to really believe in, in the journey. Mm-hmm. In that, um, you know, we're here at the start. We can see, you know, the sugar market is a 200 million ton market every year it's mm. over a hundred billion dollars right so we're here we can see the the potential um but but you've got to come on the journey with us a, a little bit as well mm. because we're not there yet and if and if you don't want to that's cool I, okay i get that um but 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 say so early mm-hmm. uh because otherwise we're just wasting each other's time and so so those two things i think mm. is is really important to us uh mm. yeah this this degree of of patient and understanding and, and partnership on, on, on belief in the journey, I think. Okay. And, you know, the thing we hear so often now is um, clients don't care where the ideas come from. I they don't care. care. I don't care a, where the idea comes you from. You really don't. No, my ideas. I do care if they're mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the best ideas are yours. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but you really don't. So, it, you know, it, it, it's not about whether it's the ad agency, the media agency, the PR agency, you know, you're... You're, you feel the the ideas can come from anywhere. Um, I, I, I certainly think, um, uh, and, and not not just as a startup. I th- certainly think in my experience working with, um, so many WP companies, ideas can come from anywhere, and mm-hmm. and and not just any agency, any almost any department. Mm. Uh, you know, there's there's so not just in creative. No, any any department. Mm. I I think and. And so agencies, departments, and clients, some, some clients I've worked with had so many great ideas. Mm. So, you know, there, there, there is, there is a complete democracy of creativity. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can access it everywhere. And I think you've got to, got to embrace an idea and run with it. So first, first of all, I, I think, I think totally, absolutely ideas, ideas are, should be free form coming from, coming from anywhere. I think certainly from, 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 from our business, and we're very much a B2B business. So, you know, when we're, we're, our model isn't to sell um, to, to, to consumers. You know, mm-hmm. you, our model is to sell to, to the industry who, who make everything from, they make sugar and they make um, uh, confectionery or ice cream. So we, we're selling to, to, to customers. So we've, we've clearly seen that, that our most important channel is, is public relations. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. In in that to 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 network, to mm-hmm. work with um, uh, uh, you know decision makers, and and uh, C suite decision makers in in this industry, you know we we need to have our reputation ahead of us before we knock on the door, mm. um, and we need to have our successes um, leveraged before we knock on the door, and so in a, in early on we 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 can see that. Um, a, a really good public relations um, partner will actually add a lot more value. So mm. ideas could come from anywhere, but you still got to look and say, well, what's you know who's going to be my principal relationship, mm. and and how do I engage with them? Do you have a public relations agency? Uh, we have a public relations partner. Oh, okay. At this stage, so right. again, going back to to yeah. um, uh, resources, resources, <laughs> and, and and money. If if you if you gave me some more money. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're investing at the moment, but I'll give you, I'll give you a pitch. But if you gave me some more money, then then would scale, right? Um, but but we've already gone to to um, you know people that we think get it, um, flexible, nimble, mm-hmm. um, it can help us because we we definitely need to tell that story. Yeah. So you, um, I mean, obviously you worked on the advertising agency side, yeah. but I suspect you're very familiar with the public relations agency world, having worked at WPP and Publicis Group. Um, the, the PR world, like every, I think, discipline, is, is in a state of flux. Yeah. And they are you know, trying to get to this point where they can provide these integrated services. Do you have any particular observations on, on the kind of evolution you've seen mm. of PR agencies? Um, I, I, think, I think PR agencies were... were were some of the slowest people to recognize the changes mm. and 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 to be honest you know they they had their most of their lunch eaten by social agencies digital agencies and it took them a while to 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 get ahead their heads around it that might be because they're often in looking at the c-suite conversations mm. and because the c-suite was also slowest yep. to pick up on consumer changes um, they probably were out of step, and I've got a I've got an expression which I've used, which is which is consumers change first, clients change second, agencies change third, wow. and it's always in that order. Yeah. Um. And and I think what happened to the PR agency is consumers changed, 
their boardrooms, mm-hmm. like the, the boardroom didn't notice so much mm. because they're not at the coalface. And because the boardroom was slow to change, they, they were slow to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so across, across the board, I think, I think, you know, laggards. Now, ha- having said that, um, I think, you know, who could own the next five years? Mm. Uh, and I think it can be PR agencies. Right. And, and so because they, 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 um, are usually good storytellers. Mm-hmm. They usually understand content, and and one of the problems with with so much of of today's progressive communication is is that it's 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 not engaging. It's not entertaining. It doesn't provoke a response, mm-hmm. and it's just bad content. Mm-hmm. So now, how how no matter how you frame it, bad advertising is just bad content. And a PR agency, if they can bring the right resources to bear, I think they could propel themselves into what, you know what, we can tell your brand story in mm-hmm. the most engaging and compelling way and really get a, get a heads up on a, a head start on, on a few other of the competition who can't, who have to retool everything they do to, to get to a point where the PR agencies already are, which is, yeah, we understand how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Do you think they have the relationships with the clients that matter to do that? Um, if they've got a relationship... Um, I, look, I'd go another way around, which is, which is, let's assume a good PR agency has good C-suite conversations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a boardroom issue is customer experience. That, that's a that's a boardroom issue. Mm-hmm. Um, growth is a boardroom issue, mm-hmm. and and so that flows through, through down the, the the marketing chain. So if if they can leverage their C-suite. Um, connections and go down through the marketing change on the basis of having a, having conversations about customer experience and growth. Then they're in a good position. Mm-hmm. The other way, which is if you if you're an advertising agency and you, you you're connected only to the marketing department, it's very hard to go up. Mm-hmm. So so it's none of it's easy, by the way. Yeah. But they're 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 very well placed to 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 leverage the company down. And I think you've got to be uh, less. Uh, um, You've got to be more proactive and less responsive. I think. I think. Mm. Um, uh, you know, PR agency has been used to taking a brief from a client and responding yeah. to that brief, and I think it's time they start looking ahead of that and going. You know what? We know so much about the company. How do we proactively go to them and say, "These are the messages you should be taking to market. These are the channels you should be taking through. This is how you drive your business further forward and stepping up to the plate and not following the client." Yeah. Very. Very helpful advice, I think, because that's something the industry, the PR industry, has always struggled with. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you, man, for your time. This was fun, and good luck. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 going to be an adventure, um, so I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Well, we'll and, have uh, you back on here at some point to tell us how it's all going. Yeah, we 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 actually launched uh, our first commercial partnership this week. Cool. Um, and I'll okay. send you the press release. So excellent. The product is available and in the market, and uh, uh, and we have, uh, I think, a good pipeline of customers. So excellent, great stuff. We'll be back um, with the Echo Chamber next week. Thank you all for listening. Um, thanks to our production partner, Marketeers, our sponsor. March Communications. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on various podcast players. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook and all the usual channels. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Sponsored by March Communications, connecting innovation and people. Oh,